gonna we're gonna go ahead and get started, and <clears throat> we're we're gonna continue in our study of the life of Christ. And today we're gonna continue in John chapter eight. Last time we were together, uh, we talked about uh, Jesus and his claim that he is the light of the world, and whoever follows him will not walk in darkness. Well, today we're gonna go into a passage where Jesus says that the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. So let's go ahead and read the text. Um, we're going to read um, John chapter 8, verses 31 through 59. And after we read the text, we'll do some uh, preliminary uh, discussion, and then we'll break down what, what we've read. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, If you continue in my word, then you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him and said, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been enslaved to anyone. <clears throat> How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered him and said, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. Now the slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain forever. So if the son sets you free, you will really be free. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are seeking to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak of the things which I have seen with my father. Therefore, you also do the things which you have heard from your father. <clears throat> they answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said to them, if you are Abraham's children, do the deeds of Abraham. But as it is, you are seeking to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. This Abraham did not do. You are doing the deeds of your father. They said to him, We were not born as a result of sexual immorality. We have one father, God. And Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I came forth from God and am here, for I have not even come on my own, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I'm saying? It is because you cannot listen to my word. You are of your father the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. Whenever he tells a lie, he speaks from his own nature, because he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I say the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I speak truth, why do you not believe me? The one who is from God hears the words of God. For this reason you do not hear them, because you are not of God. The Jews answered and said to him, Do we not rightly say that you are a Samaritan, and that you have a demon? And Jesus answered and said, I do not have a demon. On the contrary, I honor my Father, and you dishonor me. But I am not seeking my glory... There is only one who seeks it and judges. There is only one who seeks it and judges. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone follows my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died and the prophets died as well. And yet you say, If anyone follows my word, he will never taste of death. You are not greater than our father Abraham who died, are you? The prophets died too. Whom do you make yourself out to be? And Jesus answered and said, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. And you have not known him to know him, but I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I will be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I follow his word. Your father Abraham was overjoyed that he would see my day. And he saw it and rejoiced. So the Jews said to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and yet you have seen Abraham? And Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. Therefore they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself, and he left the temple grounds. All right, so we see in this passage that Jesus confronts these people with truth. And what are the people's reaction to that truth? 
Okay, they don't want to hear. They want to acknowledge that it's true. And and so today, what we're going to do is we're going to find out why is it that they reject this truth. And so, the very first thing that he says is, "If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples." Now, who is he talking to? Look what it says in verse thirty-one. Jesus was saying uh, to those Jews who had believed him. What is the difference in believing him and believing in him? If I tell someone that I believe in God or I believe God, what is the difference in those two things? I believe in God. I believe God. What is the difference in that? I don't know. All right. So if I said I believe in Bigfoot, what does that mean? You believe Bigfoot exists. I believe Bigfoot exists. But you have not seen him. But I've not seen him. But if I say I believe Bigfoot, then what does that imply? That you've seen him in That I've seen him and had a conversation with I know him. You see? So the Bible actually teaches us that everyone believes in God. Everyone, even an atheist, will tremble in a lightning storm. Mm-hmm. You see, mm-hmm. everyone believes in God, but not everyone believes God. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, who is Jesus speaking to here? The Jews. The Jews who what believe. had believed in Him. So he's talking to a group of people that believed him in him, believed him, not in him, but believed him. So he, they believe what he said. Right. And he says to them, if you continue in my word, then you are truly my disciples. All right. So does it make us a disciple? Do we become Jesus' disciples by doing what he says? Or are we his disciples because we do what he says? See, a disciple is someone who is under the discipline of someone. So do what he says. All right? They're under the discipline and under the teaching of a person. So what Jesus is saying... But they also do it because they love him so. Yeah, they love him, they believe him, they trust him, they've heard him, and they believe him and trust him. And so in faith, they go out and do what he says. Right. right, so what he says is, if you continue in my word, then you are truly my disciples. What we need to understand is, our works do not make us disciples. Our works do not make us disciples. Our works show that we are disciples. Okay. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Right, my works do not make me a disciple, but they do show that I'm an ex- a disciple. Right. So going to church every Sunday does not make you a Christian. Right. We just discuss how there's a lot of people that go to church every week. Uh, they always get a gold star for being in Sunday school, and they're not believers. They just go because of the social aspects. They go because it's a routine that they've done all of their life. It's what their family taught them to do, and that's just what they do. Right. And so they go to church every week. Going to church does not make you a Christian. But if you truly are a Christian, you are going to want to love God and love your neighbor. And what is one of the greatest gifts that God has given to us as Christians so that we can love God and love neighbor? Is our gathering at church. Our gathering at church is a way for me to love God, worship Him, and to love my neighbors who are the people that God has placed in my life. You see? So going to church does not make me a Christian. But if I am a Christian, there should be a desire to go to church. And there is. Okay? So when Jesus says, if you continue in my words and you are my disciples, what he's saying is, if you really believe him, if you really are his disciple, then it's going to show in your life. Through your words and your thoughts and your actions and what you do. If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples. 
So what that means is, is if God has planted faith in your heart, if God has given you a new heart, then your life is going to be an expression of that. Make sense? Mm -hmm. All right, now watch what he says. Can we also say that it doesn't, he changes our heart and then we, we kind of grow in our faith? I mean, it doesn't happen so, all of a sudden. Yes. There are some things that do happen all of a sudden. So, so regeneration is an, is an all of a sudden act. It's when he changes your heart and gives you a new heart. All right. And then we Je- start to grow in the Jesus right says that Jesus says that uh, in order to see the kingdom of God, to, in order to enter the kingdom of heaven, you must be what? Born again, right? Well, that's a one-time act, being born right, okay. again. But if I'm born, what, what happens to a baby when okay. they're born? They get hungry, they eat, they they grow, they grow, and they grow. And so if I'm truly a child of God, there's going to be a desire for the sincere milk of his word. That's what it says. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of his word. So I I could take that same statement Jesus just said. So Jesus was saying that those Jews who believed in him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly my disciples. So what it means is, is if I truly am a Christian, then my desire is going to be to continue in his word. What does it look like to continue in his word? It looks like somebody who desires to grow in their knowledge of what the scriptures say. They have totally turned away from their own life. Right? And they turn off their Facebook and they quit looking at Facebook while they're in Bible study. And they, Are you on your Facebook and Bible study? No. Yeah, and then they... <laughs> and then... You, you see? Right? If you truly are his, if you truly are his, then there's going to be a longing and a desire to grow in your knowledge of the word. Right. So he's saying, if you continue in my word, then you really are my disciples. In other words, he's saying, if you truly are my child, then it's going to show in the way you live your life. And your desire is going to be to know what the scriptures say and why they say it. Your desire is going to be to love God. Your desire is going to be to love your neighbor. So what happens is, if I'm truly a child of God and I hear... The statement that says you shall not bear false witness. What does that mean to bear false witness? Don't lie. Does that mean that I'm always going to tell the truth? No. No. When somebody asks me if these pants make them look fat, I'll probably say, no, they don't make you look fat at all. Even if I thought... But but the point being is this. If I truly am a child of God, when I do lie, it's going to grieve me. Yeah. And I'm going to want to change. I'm going to want to turn back to the truth. You see? Yeah. The the person who's not been regenerated is not going to have that desire to repent and change. Yes? Uh, something that you wrote that kind of upset me a little bit. Uh-oh. Oh, that I wrote? No, that you read. Oh. I mean, it's just... Uh, so is I it ahead of where we are now? No. It's like where you first started reading. Okay. Um, Where do we start? In 31. John 8, 31. So 30. this is in... Uh, Oh, 30, we started in 39, I thought. 31. Uh, 31. Oh, we'll get okay. to 39. We'll try. Okay, well, when you get to when you get to 41, there's okay. my question. Okay, all right. So, <clears throat> Jesus says in verse 32, If you continue in my word, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. All right, now think about that. What he's saying is if you live the life that he has called you to live, if you honor him with by knowing and walking in his word, then you'll know that what he says is true because what will happen is those truths will become evident in your life. Right? Now, he says this. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now, all of us in this room have probably had some uh, dealings with um, either drugs and alcohol and the addiction that comes with it, or I think that almost everybody in this room has been incarcerated at some time, right? This is a, tra- this is a transitional group. We're transitioning back into society. So, the, uh, right? You've never been in jail? No. That's good. You've never been in the brig? No. That's good. <laughs> That's good. That is good. But My incarceration was Uncle Sam. Well, that's what I mean. No. Well, you still, that's the brig, ain't it? No, I was incarcerated to Uncle Sam for three and a half years of my life. Oh, you mean you're in the Army. In the Army. All right. Thank you for Okay, so you know what it was like to be. That's a good thing. You may not have liked it. You know what it's, you know what it's like to be in a situation that you can't change. Yep. Yeah. And it's the same way with being locked up in jail or it's the same way with struggling with addiction. All right. 
And what oh, what is so funny about addicts is when an addict is not ready to change, they will they never to admit to you that they're in bondage. Right. They'll never admit it. And that's kind of what we're going to see here because Jesus is going to tell these people what he says. You will know the truth, and the truth will set, set you free. Now, they answered. Exactly is that, please? 32. 33 now. They answered him and said, We are Abraham's descendants, and we have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Now, he's talking to two different groups of people here. There's one group of people that believed him. Then there's another group of people that are rejecting him. And in the book of John, we've talked about this in the past. Jesus is dealing with the Jews, right? The plan all along was to come to the Jews first. The Jews reject him. Then he turns to the Gentiles, okay? So he's talking, all of the people that he's talking to right here are Jewish. But some of these Jewish people are believers. And some of these Jewish people are those who are rejecting him. So the whole group of people that he is talking to is the Jewish, the nation of Israel. He's speaking to Jewish people. But some of these Jews are believing in him, like his disciples. They're all Jewish, right? And they believe him. But some of these people are rejecting him. But when you read the book of John in particular, when John uses the term the Jews, he's not talking about the ones that believe in him. He's talking about the ones that are rejecting him. Which would be the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Right. So he's basically, when he, when John uses the term the Jews, in almost every instance, it's got a negative connotation to it. These are the ones who are rejecting the Christ. Right. All right. So he's speaking to people that believe in him and says, if you continue in my word, you'll know the truth. The truth will set you free. But another group of people now step up and say, we are Abraham's descendants and we have never been enslaved to anyone. What do you mean you will become free? That's a lie. What what do you mean that's a lie, Lord? (laughs) Because they were enslaved to Egypt. They've been exiled here and there. They're always getting in trouble. They're always doing the wrong thing. So they've been slaves. They've not been truly free. They've been slaves for 400 years in Egypt. They've been slaves uh, in Babylon and Assyria. Even in Rome. And right at the time that they're talking, the Romans have them in bondage, don't they? Right? They're serving Uncle Sam, and in that case, Uncle Sam was the Roman government. You see? Very true. Now, what are they saying? We're free. We've never been enslaved to anyone. That's a blatant lie. Right. So you understand why I draw the parallel to drug addiction. I don't understand. These leaders of the Jewish people, God's chosen people, just pick and choose what they want. They know that they were enslaved in Egypt for 400 years. Everybody on the face of but the they, earth knows that watch, story. But watch, when we are, when we willfully reject truth, then we are blinded to that truth. Right. Well, doesn't it make you want to crawl in there and say, "Wait a minute, he was slaves in Egypt"? Explain that to me. Right. What it makes it, what it forces us to do is to realize that every one of us in this room, along with the Jews who are rejecting him, are very capable of rejecting truth. Mm-hmm. We're capable of denying things and not seeing things like they properly are. And so God has given us his word so that we can know him, so that we can grow in our faith, so that we can walk in a freedom that this world can never give us. And yet, what are they doing with that truth? It says they are willfully suppressing it. They're pushing it down saying, we don't want to hear that. And how do we know they don't want to hear that? Because they're living a lie. In the same way when you go to one of your friends and you have a confrontation, what, what is it, an intervention with someone who is right. struggling with drugs, right. they don't want to hear it. I'm fine. I'm handling it. I got everything okay. But how can they expect their Jewish followers, their Jewish people, their devout Jewish people to have any confidence in them when they're blatantly, I mean, everybody knows that. Well, one of the things that are blinding, and you have to remember that one of the things that is blinding the Pharisees and the Sadducees is that they really believe, they really believe that they are walking in God's truth. They are God's people. You see? They really believe that they are God's gift to the world. They do. Right? And they think that they are walking in the truth. But what has Jesus been, as we've been studying the life of Jesus, every time Jesus brings the truth up to them, what do they do? They willfully reject it. Mm -hmm. And so what we're seeing in this conversation is Jesus is saying, I'm the truth. And they're saying, no, you're not. We're the truth. 
and they're the ones living the lie. And they are living the lie. And the proof that they're living the lie is that they will not know the truth. They do not continue in the truth. They reject the truth. Right. They bend the truth to their so own desire. So they're not living in a lie. They're lying. Yep. And so he said, <clears throat> they said, we have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it you say you will become free? And so you're going to see this with your friends and your family. I mean, and, and your loved ones and your coworkers. You're going to see people that are constantly feel like they've got life by the horns when in reality it's life that's got them. Yeah. They think they're pinning life down, and when in reality, life is pinning them down. And like they think they're in control. They have no and idea you, what true freedom you, feels like. Yeah, and they're and they're and why? Because they find their freedom in their sports team winning. They find their freedom in good health. They find their freedom in a new car. They find their freedom in uh, nice clothes. They find their freedom in in a relationship. Right? That's how they find their freedom. They find their freedom in the things of this world. And what always happens when we seek freedom in this world, it makes us a what? A slave. A slave. We become a slave to it. Instead of it setting us free, it actually right, places us for that. in bondage. Because it's something we're doing. We're not trusting God. We're trusting in ourselves. We're looking for ourselves and other people to bring us freedom when in reality ourselves and others are bring us bondage. Right. But God's truth, God's word, actually does set us free. And how do I know if I believe that word? Well, what Jesus has said is you'll walk in it. If you're really walking in his word, you'll know it's true, and that truth will set you free. You'll be the person that God created you to be instead of the person that this world is trying to make you into. Now, Jesus said, truly I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. How many people uh, sin? Everybody. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But it says, who commits sin is a slave of sin. Because once you, you know this, when you tell a lie, what do you have to keep doing? Tell them more lies. Tell them more lies to cover it up. And if you, if you begin to live in sin in your life, you're going to have to continue to sin in order to cover up that sin. Right. And it's just going to happen. So what's going to happen? That little escape that you were looking for to give you pleasure, to give you freedom, to give you right. life, is actually going to bring you bondage and slavery and death. Right. And instead of letting it go and turning it away from it, what do we do? We embrace it harder. Okay. And that's what these people are doing. Every time Jesus brings up the fact they're not living in the truth, what do they say? We, we're God's people. We are the truth. And so Jesus says, now the slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain forever. What does that mean? It means that he is the son of God. The kingdom of God is the house of God. And who lives in the house of God? God's who? Who lives in God's house? God's children. His family, the sons, the daughters. And so a slave is someone who is owned or possessed by someone else. And Jesus says that because you live in this world, because you live according to the world's ways, you are actually a slave. And this world is passing away, and you will pass away right along with it. Right? I can't tell you the number of people I know who who, who have struggled in drug addiction. And I, I go to a certain place, and I, I, um, I see pictures up on the board, in memory of. And there will be a picture of somebody who at one time was in that recovery center. You see? Mm-hmm. And what's happened? They get out, and what do they do? They relapse. And what happens when they relapse? Their body's not used to the amount of drugs, and they right. what happens? They die. It kills them. Especially on the users. Right, right. And so you look, and you see a person who came and found and tasted what real freedom looked like, but instead of embracing freedom, they embraced the bondage, and what did the bondage do? It killed them. You see? And so that's what Jesus is saying. He says, I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are seeking to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak of things which I've seen with my father, therefore you are doing the things which you have heard from your father. Now, watch what he says. He says, I know you're Abraham's kids. What does that mean? They are the physical descendants of Abraham. Right. Right. The problem is, is they're not the spiritual descendants of Abraham. See, Abraham believed God. 
if you go back and read Genesis right. and you read Genesis chapter 12 right. through like Abraham chapter Abraham have conversations <laughs> right. with God right. if you read the life of Abraham what you'll find is Abraham was not perfect he made a lot of bad stupid decisions but Abraham walked with God all of his life and because he walked with God God walked with him and he had true faith and how do we know he had true faith because he walked in that truth and so what these people are saying is, we're Abraham's kids. And Jesus said, I know you're his descendants, but you do the deeds of your father. I do the deeds of my father. Who is Jesus' father? God. God. Yeah. And he said, and you're doing the deeds of your father. Now, what they said was, Abraham is our father. Yeah. But Abraham also sinned. Yeah, he, he certainly did. But all of us sinned. But Abraham believe God and it was counted to him for righteousness. God, right. and God based his statement was almost just blatantly saying we don't believe in God, we believe in it. Yeah. I mean right in a roundabout way. Right. So he so says idolizing Abraham? Yes. I speak of what I have seen with my father and you do the things that you have heard from your father. Right? And so they answered him and said, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said, if you are Abraham's children, then do the deeds of Abraham. What does he mean when he says that? He means follow God. But believe, yeah. believe if God you really are Abraham's kids, then act like your daddy. Right. <laughs> right. right. You heard the same, man, you're a chip off the old block. Right. So he's, he's telling them uh, to believe him. Yeah. That's what he's saying right now. He's saying, Abraham, believe me. Yeah. If you really are his kids, then do the same thing. But as it is, this verse 40, you are looking to kill me. You're seeking to kill me, a man who's told you the truth, which I heard from God. This Abraham did not do. Now, think, I want you to think about that because that's very important for us to remember in this day and age that we live in. We live in a world where people want the church to be loving. Should the church be loving? Yeah, but they don't love the yes. church. Yes, we should certainly be loving. We're commanded to be loving. But the world has this idea that God just loves you however you are. You can just be whatever you want to be and God will love you. So that's not true? Well, if I'm living in sin, does God love sin? No. No. And is God going to uh, just pat me on the head and say, it'll be okay? No, he's going to judge me. That's right. Uh, you, you, y'all seen the monkeypox going around, right? Mm-hmm. What, what's monkeypox about? Ninety-eight percent of those affected are men who are frequently having sex with other men. Other men. Oh, God would never do something like that to a people. Yes, He would. Oh, really? Go back and read Sodom and Gomorrah. Like he oh, yeah, wiped them off So we live in a world where people want God to be all Fire love, and God is all love. But one of the expressions of God's love is is that He hates sin, right? And He's not going to abide with you living in sin, right? And so they said, um, Jesus said, "You're looking to kill me." Why are they trying to kill Jesus? If Jesus is just, right, if Jesus is just this guy that just wants to go come up and give everybody a big hug and tell them it's going to be okay. Then why are they wanting to kill him? If you had somebody just walking around, just hugging everybody and saying, oh, you're so sweet, you're so kind, you're so good, nothing ever bad is going to happen to you, you're you're just fine the way you are, you don't have to change, you just be you, you just do you and you'll be fine. Is somebody going to get mad at that person? Yeah, me. You're going to get mad at the Lord. <laughs> but, but think about it. Why did they nail Jesus to the cross? Did they nail him to the cross because he was going around healing blind people and casting demons out of people and causing paralyzed people to walk? Is that why they nailed him to the cross? Did they nail him to the cross because he was kind and compassionate and loving? Why did they nail him to the cross? Because he claimed to be the Son of God. Good. Not only that. Not only did he claim to be God. But he was exposing people to truth. Wow, that sounds like something going on today. He was exposing people to truth, and what were their attitude towards that truth? Mm-hmm. Anger. They willfully. Yeah, they got mad. Just like your friend who is still struggling in drug addiction, you go and confront them about it, and you're going to have a fight on your hand, ain't you? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. yeah so sad. All right. 
They said, if you are Abraham's children, he said, if you are Abraham's children, do the deeds of Abraham. But it, you're seeking to kill me, a man who's told you the truth. Abraham never did this. You are doing the deeds of your father. So what he's saying now, listen to what he's saying, because this is quick. He said he's saying, Abraham's not your daddy. Pretty much. Right? You're not a chip off the old block. You're not acting like Abraham. Because when Abraham heard my words, he believed me and walked in them. You are of your father. Now watch what they said to him. We're not born as a result of sexual sexual immorality. We have one father, God. What are they saying right there? what is it? What is another word for being born out of sexual immorality? That's what I was going to ask you about. Upset me. Is it out of wedlock? Yeah. What is it called if you have a baby out? Of, what do you call a baby born out of wedlock? Illegitimate. Yeah. A little bastard. A bastard. A bastard. Yeah. Now. Is that? Uh, but that was my. That's where my question. Is. All right. So listen what they said. The child is a bastard. We were not yeah. born. Look. Listen what it says. It was true. We were not born as a result of sexual immorality. We have one father. So they're calling Jesus ever being born of a virgin? They're calling Jesus a bastard. Yeah. Wow. Why? Well, who did they think Jesus' daddy is? Joseph. Uh, Joseph. Yeah, yeah. and they wasn't married. That's exactly right. Yeah, right. So, so right? they should call him. They shouldn't call him a bastard then because, I mean, she was a virgin. She was a virgin. So he was not born out of sexual immorality. They, they weren't married. So they weren't yeah, joined but they, together. But they still wasn't having sexual intercourse. They weren't, right, but they're right. trying to say but, they so were. Jay, so, Jay, think about it this way. If you got, yours, you, she's, you got a friend of yours and she's dating some dude, right? And she comes to you and says, I'm pregnant, but we never had sex. What are you going to say to her? That's not true because you is not a um, um, Jesus mom. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. So, watch. So, they can't be what they're doing is they're accusing the Jesus of being born out of wedlock. Like, they're right. saying that Joseph and Mary, like, the, so the rumor going around is this guy's a bastard. All right. Oh, so they're thinking that um, they had sexual intercourse. They're claiming that he's a bastard child. So, in other words, they're saying, we know who our daddy is, who's your daddy? Yeah. Now, we know who his daddy is, and he knows who his father is. Who's his father? God. God. But why won't they believe him? Because he's a son of God, and they're not a son of God. And it's just that now, what do they say? We're a son. We are. It says, they said to him, we are not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, God. Now, I sent Lori a text earlier this week with a passage of Scripture from the Old Testament where the Jewish people referred to God as Father because you asked me a question in the last class we had together. You said, do they consider God their Father in the Old Testament? Instead of just God, yes. And remember, Jesus taught them to pray, Our Father who art in heaven. Well, right here, look what they said. We have one Father God. But they're doing all of this, and they're calling Jesus a bastard, and... It says in Isaiah, in their scrolls, in their scriptures, that he will be born of a virgin. It's in black and white, and they had to memorize that stuff. So how can they just skip over that and say, oh, you know. I'm not a bastard child. My parents are married when I didn't how, have me. How can they skip over it? <laughs> you answer how your own question. Somebody answer the Lord's question. How is it that their Old Testament prophecy said that... Uh, that the Messiah, everything that was coming, and why did and they not? Why did they not believe They're Abraham's children. How come they're not listening? To, how come they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing? Why? It was written. This, this, from that's their the, prophet. The question that you are asking is at the heart of today's lesson. I don't know. I don't know. They knew it was coming. They read it. They preached it. They well, talked about it in the temple. That Isaiah wrote that he would be born of a virgin. Their prophets wrote that in the future that the Christ would be born of a virgin, would even ride the donkey on the way to the... Yes. So look, verse, verse 42. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I came forth from God and am here. I have not even come on my own, but he sent me. Here's Lord, Lord, here's the answer. Everybody ready? Here's the answer, the heart of the, the lesson today. Verse 43. Why do you not understand what I'm saying? It is because you cannot listen to my word. 
They just refuse flat out. You are of your father of the you are of your father the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning. He does not strand in the truth. There's no truth in him, and when he lies, he's speaking from his own nature because he's a father of lies. So Jesus said that Jesus is a murderer and a father of lies. Jesus says that Satan is a murderer and the father of lies. All right. So, if I am truly Abraham's child, what will I do? I will act like Abraham. What did Abraham do? Believe God God and follow him. Mm -hmm. But what Jesus is saying is, you are of your father and you act just like your daddy. So Satan is their father. Satan is their father. They are of the seed of Satan. Uh And what are they going to do? They're going to murder and they're going to lie. And they will not stand in the truth. They cannot hear the truth. Think about that now. When it says they cannot, look at that again, because this is a very important statement. Look what he says. Why do you not understand what I'm saying? It is because you cannot listen to the truth, my word. It doesn't say you will not listen to the truth. You cannot. Tell me the difference in that. Every one of us had a smart aleck teacher when we were in school and we said, can I go to the bathroom? Can you? Can't, never could. What does the teacher always say? Yeah, may I? There's a big difference in can I and may I. Right. It's the same thing, isn't it? No. I, I, no. Can you go to the bathroom? Yes. May you go to the bathroom? Maybe not. <laughs> it's not the same thing? Asking may I go is asking for permission to go. Right. Asking can I is is stating whether you have the ability, the ability to not. do it or not. Right. Okay. And I got the ability. If I got to go. Can I fly? No. No, you cannot fly. May I fly? Yes, you may. And when I jump off the building, what do I do? I fall to the ground and die. Why? Because I cannot fly. I do not have wings. I am not a bird. But I believe. Now watch. This is super important. Jesus is saying because they are Satan's kids, they literally cannot hear the truth. But all their life, growing up, all they do is go to the Can you speak Russian? Can you speak Russian? Yes. You can. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go ahead, Julian. <laughs> okay, whatever. All right. You say you cannot speak Russian. No, I can't. May you speak Russian? I may one day. If you study it and learn That's it. That's right. But right now, you do not have the ability. So if two people were carrying on a conversation in Russian in this room, you would have no understanding of what they're saying. You right. cannot understand them. Why? Because what you don't you have say? Russian ears. You don't have Russian understanding. Yeah. May you speak Russian? Truth well, if you study it and learn, and learn the language. All right. So watch. What he's saying here is that Satan's children cannot hear God's word. They can't. They do not have the ability. And they would never ask, may I? They don't want anything to do with it. Right. So what is the difference in children of God and children of the devil? The children of God act like their father. The children of the devil act like their father. And the children of God never, they just don't seem to stand up to the children of the devil. It's like they get bowled over every time. Jesus got bowled over, didn't he? Mm-hmm. But he won. Yeah, but I'm sick of it. But he won. <laughs> but he, he won. Did win. Yes, he did. By getting bowled over. He let them act like themselves. And what did they do? They lied to him and they killed him. Mm-hmm. And he won. So, you are of your father the devil. What do you... Do you not understand what I'm saying is because you cannot listen to my word. You are of your father the devil and you want to do his desire. You want to murder and you want to lie. One of the greatest expressions of someone being a child of the devil is their consistency in lying and not living in the truth. What did they say? We've never been slaves to anybody. And they believe that. What's the problem with believing that? They've, they've been enslaved been their whole lives. Right. For generations, beyond their I, lives. Verse 45. <laughs> but because I say the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I speak the truth, why do you not believe me? The one who is of God hears the words of God. For this reason you do not hear them, because you are not of God. 
Now, in the fall, what I mean is when Adam sinned, every child of Adam is a child of Adam. And they act like Adam. What does that mean? They reject God's truth, they turn away from His truth, and they go after the lie. Mm -hmm. Every child of Adam. So the reality is, is that as children of Adam, we cannot hear and believe the things of God. Why do you think it's so important that Jesus told Nicodemus, unless you are born again, you can no way see the kingdom of God? Why do you think that was so important? Because it's only people who have been given the new birth that are willing and able or able and willing to hear God's truth. But Nicodemus was probably saying because he was inquiring about it. So God gave him the ability to understand. God, right. So what is the truest way to know if I'm truly a child of God? I can and will hear and walk in the word of God. That is the greatest way to know whether I'm truly a child of God or not. Now, what I want to impress upon you is, what do you talk about all day? What do you think about all day? And what you'll find is, is that even if we are children of God, there's still that old person in me sure. that likes mm-hmm. that old world. Mm-hmm. You see? I think about, boy, I get to go home and call my kids now, the Jews answered him and said, Do we not rightly say that you are a Samaritan and you have a demon? Jesus said, uh, I do not have a demon. On the contrary, I honor my father and you dishonor me. So to call someone a Samaritan back then, in the Jewish language, that was like the N-word for us today. Like it's a derogatory, it's a, it's a slander. It's a, it's a racial slander. A Samaritan was someone who was a half-breed. They were half-Jewish and they were half Assyrian. The Assyrians came down into uh, northern Jerusalem and drug all of their people off into slavery. And then they sent Assyrian people to come live in their land. And the original Jewish people that were in that land had babies with the Assyrians. And then they created the Samaritan nation. Right? And the Jewish people down in southern Jerusalem, uh, Israel, looked down on anybody who was a half-breed. Anybody that was mixed. I mean, but uh, I had a question, though, like, during the slavery stuff. Technically, it doesn't matter how, what you're mixed with. We're technically half white. Down everybody's bloodline, you got white in you. Everybody, well, not white. Everybody's got Adam in them. Well, yeah. It's you not know, white. So Adam was probably more closer to your color skin yeah. than my color skin. I don't okay. think Adam. Yeah, because Adam. Oh, uh, Jesus wasn't white. I don't believe. Right. Uh, well, because Adam was in the Garden of Eden, which was in the middle of Africa. Right. And so, the, their skin, Adam's skin color, would have been based on the uh, where at on the equator they were living. Like that's why you get the skin color you get. So people that live near the equator, their skin is darker. People that live further away from the equator, their skin right. is lighter. All right. right and the reason life. that I'm lighter than this man is because my my uh, true, uh, uh, my forefathers moved up into northern Europe, and his forefathers moved down in the in the south, lived closer to the equator. And so, when you have babies, you get more melanin in your skin because you're close to the equator. You get more sun. You need more protection. When you live way up in the north, away from the equator, there's not as much sun. You don't need as much melanin. And so, you're right. We're all Jesus died for one race of people. The human race. All of us. The human race. Like, and, and to him it doesn't matter. But they're using it. When so they call really Jesus. we're all the same race. Right. We're just different yeah. shades. Yes. Right. So yeah. with, with Jesus, with them calling Jesus Samaritan, what they're doing is they're giving him a racial slur. Right. You're not a pure Jew. You're not really all of Abraham. And the, re- and the rest of the world. We're not that impressed with Jewish people. Well, and the truth of the matter is, is these very people right here that are accusing him of being Samaritan know that they all come from Adam too. And so Adam, the Syrians come from Adam, the Babylonians come from Adam, and the Jewish people come from Adam. We're all Adam's kids. But they slurred him because they slurred him because he was different than them. And, that and they also slurred them because they wanted to feel better about themselves yeah. and to make him feel worse about right. himself, which just doesn't Good. work with Jesus. So, 
they called him demon possessed. They said he had a you demon. You don't go around calling right. people names. He had a demon and that he was a Samaritan. They were using a racial slur. They were trying to tear him down. Right. Uh, but Jesus said, I'm not seeking my own glory. There's one who seeks it and judges. Truly, I say to you, if anyone follows my word, he will never see death. All right, so here's another statement. He said, hey, if you follow my word, if you walk in my words, you'll never see death. And look what they said. Now we know that you got a demon. <laughs> Abraham died and all of the prophets died. So what are they saying? Jesus said, if you follow my words, you'll never die. So the Jewish people said, now we know you're demon-possessed because Abraham died and all the prophets died. So what is their inference here? Because he's here? speaking in spiritual and they're thinking about earthly. And right, yes, but everyone what is, dies. Right, but what is right. the inference there? Abraham followed God and he's dead and all the prophets follow God and they're dead and you're sitting here telling us if we follow God's word if we follow your word we won't ever die we know you've got a demon now and he said they said you are not greater than our father Abraham died are you but again the prophets died too whom do you make yourself out to be Jesus said if I glorify myself my glory is nothing it is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. And you have not come to know him, but I know him. And if I say that I know him, I will be, if I say I do not know him, I will be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I follow his word. Now watch what it says. Your father Abraham was overjoyed that he would see my day, and he saw it and rejoiced. So Jesus says, Abraham was looking forward to my day, and he saw it and rejoiced. Now, what's the problem? Abraham's about 1,400 years in the past. And what Jesus is saying is, Abraham was looking forward to my day, and he saw it and was overjoyed. How did Abraham see Jesus the day 1,400 years before Jesus was ever born? By faith. He saw it in faith. And look what they said. The Jews said, you are not even 50 years old, and you have seen Abraham? And Jesus said to them, Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. Now, what is that I am statement? We talked about that last time we were together. He's claiming what? Moses spoke to God in the bush, and and God in the bush said, he said, who do I tell Pharaoh sent me? And who did he say? I am that I am. So they said, how are you saying you saw Abraham? You're only 50 years old. Abraham, 1,400 years old. You're saying you saw Abraham? And listen to what he said. Before Abraham was, I am. am." So what was he claiming? He's God. He's God. And then they picked up stones to throw at him, and Jesus hit himself. Why did they pick up stones to kill him? Because they believed that he was blaspheming. He was claiming to be equal with who? God. God. They knew exactly what he was claiming. And why were they trying to kill him? Because they were of their father, the devil. And God's words have no place in the devil's camp. A child of the devil will never hear God's word. And what you and I need to remember, one of the things that's very important for us to remember, if you're in this room today and you are a believer, the reason you are a believer is because God has given you a heart to believe. If you are a believer, it's because God has placed his truth in you. If you are a believer in this room, by God's grace alone, you have been saved. God reached down into a world full of people that all deserved hell and said, No, I love you too much to let you keep living like that. And he saved you. But what you also need to remember is is if you are a child of God and you have family, earthly family members who are not children of God, they cannot understand what you're talking about. It does not make sense to them. And deep down, no matter how much they try to go over it, they don't want it. And the only way that your brothers, your sisters, your mothers, your families, your brothers, your neighbors, the people around you are ever going to want anything of God is if God reaches into their heart. But didn't God make us a promise for you and your children? Because I pray for my children. Yes. And and not only that, he commanded. What is the way that people become believers? Salvation comes by hearing Mm -hmm. and hearing the word of God. And so we have a responsibility to go out to the world around us and share his truth with the world. 
And what is it that we need to remember? Most of the world's reaction to the truth is going to be exactly the same as the reaction we saw from these people today. They're not going to like you. They're not going to hug you and say, oh, isn't that so sweet? Because they are of their father, the devil. They're murderers and they're liars. And there are some out there that are truly children of God that have not yet been adopted into the family. They don't even know their children yet. How are they going to become children? Through regeneration. How does that regeneration come? Through the work of the Spirit of God and the Word of God working in people's lives. And it works, doesn't it? If you're in this room and you're a believer today, you're proof that it works. That God's words and the Spirit of God changes hearts. But we need to make sure that if you continue in my words, you are truly my disciple. How will you really know if you're a believer? How do you really know if you are his disciple? Because your desires are going to be to want to walk in his truth. And the world's going to hate you for it. And that's one of the things that we as Christians, in these, these modern days, in the, these last few years, we as Christians have gotten away from the offense of the, the gospel. The gospel is an offensive message to the world. People don't want God. People don't want Jesus, and they don't want the message that you have to give them. And they're going to hate you for it. They're going to spit on you. They're going to curse you. And what do we try to do as Christians? We try to come up and love them and hug them and tell them everything's going to be okay without sharing the gospel. And we're doing a disservice because we're not telling them the truth. Well, see, I don't, a lot of times I don't feel like hugging them telling them it's going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't if it's I not going to be okay. Right. That's exactly right. So I hope everybody got something from today's lesson. Let's close with a quick word okay. of prayer. Y'all have a good week. I, I'll Thank see y'all next week. Next week we're going to see Jesus healed a blind man uh, at the pool of Bethsaida. Uh, so let's, uh, or not the pool of Bethsaida, but uh, at the pool of Siloam. Uh, he's going to heal a blind man. That'll be next week, John chapter 9. So, most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time that you've given us together. We thank you that you've loved us enough to save us, to forgive us for our sins, and to give us a hope that this world can. We do understand that it is a gracious gift to be your children and that we are responsible to go and share that gift with others. We pray that you'll give us the strength and willingness to do that. We pray that you will give us the willingness and the strength to be able to walk in your truth. Um, help us to know that freedom in our own lives. Help us to uh, allow other people to see that freedom in our lives as we, will, as we go. So be with everyone this week. Help us to make good, smart decisions. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ronnie. All right.